0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: <laughs> Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling Spooky
0: Bosco Boys. Ooh, 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 Bosco boys. Come on, boys. <laughs> the boys are back, and it is a bye week. So, you know, I'd much be I'd much prefer to be talking about uh you know KSA getting ready to beat Iowa States, but we have to wait a week before that. So instead, I thought, okay, you know what? This guy is one of my favorite folks in the Big 12 podcasting world. He only has one official appearance on the show, which ironically, I believe, was the 25th anniversary show of the Big... Or I guess it would have been 20th anniversary. What was last year? Last year, 20 or 25?
1: Um, since the Big 12? 25? 25, I think.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So the 25th anniversary show. And I figured this guy deserves a recurring guest koozie. So I needed to get him on for his second uh second appearance he is the grandfather of the 1012 network and he does host what is my single favorite big 12 podcast it is philip slavin of the 1012 network uh philip did i pronounce your last name right because i have a very bad habit of never pronouncing anyone's name right
1: sir i'm proud of you i i am i have I can always tell when someone's calling to sell me something when it's Mr. Slavin or Mr. Slavin. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's not that. So I'm going to go ahead and go now. Thank you. Um, No, you got it right. You did good. Um, Speaking of, of Iowa state, Kansas state, I gotta ask, you know, I've seen the farm again slander on Twitter already, and I am going to retweet and like every bit of it. Just fuel that fire. uh, That hot, hot popcorn fire. Somebody posed the question to me and I think we'll probably ask the question on, on Monday show. On, for, for Andy and Jamie to respond to. But with OU in Texas headed of the SEC, is Farmageddon going to be the best like rivalry game in the Big 12 moving forward? So here's, here's how I answer this, because
0: well, Farmageddon is, you know, it's not the broken bits of uh, broken chair trophy or whatever that was, you know, that started on college football Reddit. But I would say Farmageddon is at least in the top five college football Twitter rivalries or internet rivalries. Because it truly was born out of the internet. So goemaw.com, which back in the day, I it, it's still going, but goemaw at, at peak BBS, you know, peak fan independent message board culture, there was no place better than goemaw.com. So when the game first got signed to that deal to be played in Arrowhead, they actually coined the phrase "pharmageddon." And then it just kind of took off from there, you know. It got picked up like I think Sam Mellinger referenced it in a Casey Star uh, column, and then Iowa State fans started picking up on. And then there were sarcastic videos that started. So the name started purely as a joke because the game got moved. Then from there, Iowa State started getting competitive in these games where some of the very good Snyder 2.0 series. Then the referee conspiracies started. And what do K State fans do better than any other fan base in the country? Troll on Twitter. So what do we start doing is we start trolling all the Iowa State fans on t- Twitter, complaining about referees. And they just took off from there. And then Iowa State gets some wins. They're starting to get some of, uh, you know, this national love. K-State fans get pissed off about it because, you know, even Snyder 1.0, 2.0, K-State fans feel, oh, we never got that love, that national love that Iowa State seemingly did with Matt Campbell. What has Matt Campbell done? Well, he's beat Oklahoma a couple of times and got nine wins once. You know, Iowa State still hasn't done anything. So I think K-State fans kind of see, oh, everyone says, oh, he's the next Bill Snyder. Oh, they're the new K-State. Well, they have not achieved anything close to what K-State ever has. So I think that's where some of the venom from the K-State side comes from. And, you know, I think Iowa State fans, you know, they they hate getting trolled by K-State fans on the Internet. So they ever get the win. And, I mean, we heard it last year, that shutout. But my response has been to them, hey, K-State's only lost to Iowa State like once in my lifetime where K-State was actually trying to win the game you know, we wanted to lose. So Bill Snyder would retire last year. We, we, we should have, we should have like, you know, moved the game because we didn't have enough people even eligible to play. But coach Kleiman's like, no, we need to get the TV money. And Oh, he has too much pride. He wasn't going to cancel the game. So he wasn't really trying to win that one. And then they beat us once with Ron Prince, like, come on, that doesn't count. So that's my response to them.
1: Uh, It will be top five, of the big 12. I'm, I'm, I want to see how BYU Baylor goes this year before I determine where to rank the new Holy War in the Big Twelve. Um, outside of that, I mean, I don't, I don't. There's like, I know TCU and Texas Tech has the like battle for the saddle or whatever they want to call it. Uh, like, every there's always like weird trophies. I know there's Kansas State Kansas, but uh, it's hard to get excited for that one as bad as Kansas is. At least um, on football, no. Like. I
0: I mean, we're going we to make some, one.
1: are we, are we going to, that's what I mean. Like, are we going to, because you lose when losing OU in Texas, you lose, don't just lose Red River, use Bedlam. You lose all the rivalries between like Texas, te-
0: like Texas and I, Texas tech, you know,
1: so, I mean, I know that like TCU and Baylor hate each other, but that was so much born out of Gary Patterson and Art Bryles that it is like the actual fan bases just dislike each other. Like, so I, that's been diminished since Bryles is gone. Thank God. Um, Until like, it comes
0: to Texas tech.
1: Shush. <laughs> um, like not if they want to ever get out of the Big 12. Does Texas Tech again, like the battle for the saddle? You're gonna get a new holy war. Like, I almost think they should also make a new trophy that is awarded to whichever team in Texas like ends up with the most wins over the other Texas schools of the four schools. Like that should be a new thing. And I want it to be obnoxious. Like I just want it to be like the most obnoxious. Texas-sized trophy you've ever seen that's either Houston, TCU, Texas Tech, or, or Baylor gets it, depending on who wins more games than who. And I'm so, thinking of that while we're sitting here talking, so I'm going to go ahead and start pushing that thing through and designing something ridiculous.
0: So, so know it's wild. And again, uh, this is very similar to the last time I came on your show, where there's an idea of what we're going to talk about, and then we kind of go a little rogue. But we <laughs> did an entire show last year. We used to do this thing called we called Free Play Friday for our Friday shows, where we just kind of talked about whatever. And we came up with like a fake rivalry trophy and name for every single K-State game in the Big 12. And we came up with some like fun different trophy ideas. But one of the funnest ones, I don't remember if it was Grant or Will who came on that show, but the battle for purple with K-State TCU where every, the, the first game they played, TCU would have to wear black, K-State would wear white. And then whoever won that game gets to wear purple the next year instead of a trophy that's just kind of what they did so again that's not a rivalry at all but that you're just talking about all that stuff it just kind of reminded me of all the funny nonsense we came up on that episode so
1: well i think i think that leads into the discussion of the big 12 as a whole of like the big 12 is going to be fine for now yes Um, there's enough metrics that have been showcased from a basketball standpoint, from Ken Palm, the Big 12 will still be the best basketball conference in college basketball. Yes, the, the gap between one and two will be decreased significantly, but they'll still be number one. Um, I've seen some Massey comp, uh, composite computer ranks that showcase after OU and Texas leave and and BYU, the UCF, and Houston join. that At this point in this season, if that was the current conference situation right now, the Big 12 would be the third best conference according to massey and i think that tracks back to the past few years if it would still be ranked higher than the acc pac 12 yes the acc is considered superior because they have clemson but let's ignore the playoff conversation for a second and you realize from a conference overall standpoint the big 12 is going to be fine you will have when the playoff expands none of that stuff's going to matter like it's not and it's going to expand it's going to there's the that genie is out of the bottle the pandora's box has been opened it got closed again, but the only thing left in there, I don't know what positive thing would be, but it's it's probably Urban Meyer never getting back in college football at this point. Um,
0: oh, just wait—he'll be coaching USC next year.
1: I I—it's a fun joke. that Go look it's up a fun their, joke go until look it their, happens. No, no, no. no. look up their school president, not the eighty. The president. It's not okay. going to happen. She's right. she is not going to allow that to happen. I promise. All right. Um, well, I'll take your word. The boosters are just going to be grumbly, but they'll go get. Um, What's his name at Penn State? Whose name just escapes? Oh, James team. Franklin.
0: And they'll be fine. And then Matt Campbell um, will go to Penn State. Everyone wins. <laughs>
1: uh, I'll this, but, um, but like the conference could be fine from a competitor standpoint. But you have there will be four original Big Eight teams left in this conference. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, it's it's Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. You got Southwest conference teams now and you're gonna have some american and to mount wise like this is the problem for the big 12 really now is we can talk about how everyone's kumbaya and collective and together and great there is no real shared history here outside of four teams for decades and seven teams for 25 years
0: yeah so you're not wrong um but I think this is what kind of binds them together. There is no there is no lifeboat. The The whole idea of, you know, KU and Iowa State to the Big Ten, that has been thrown out, you know. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. All that, of that. That's dead. But even if you look at the Pac-12 again, I think they're just going to cling to hope that they get to play defense against the Big Ten. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to be in the business of expanding. And here's the thing, again. I'm not going to like play, oh, I'm an insider type game. That's not the game I play on Twitter. But I think folks are going to be very surprised when the Pac-12's new TV deals inked and then they compare it to the Big 12s. I I think it's going to be surprising to a ton of people, the the quote unquote Big 12 truthers inside and outside the conference. I think ultimately you're going to say, okay, aren't we glad we all decide to stick together? So ultimately you're right. There is no hundred years of history outside of, you know, the four schools, the four original big eight schools, but ultimately no one else has a better option. So yes, it's not as sexy as, you know, the big 10 having hundreds of rivalry games and the SEC being the best in the world and the ACC being glad that they have geography and weird rules of, of with the SEC, not taking multiple teams from the same state, unless it's Texas, you know, uh, but it, it's, it's, it's the best any of us have.
1: So let me hit all those points really quickly. And I am not an insider either. Um, all my quote-unquote inside information comes from other people who I just steal theirs because I trust them. Um, I am not 100% sold on the idea that Pac-12 will not eventually expand. Um, their whole alliance thing, if it's real, and this is the big emphasis, if it's real, doesn't work if they're still at 12 teams. Um, but that is that is that is not like, I'm like, I'm 50% sure. I, I'm just... I just say, like, I don't think that door is shut, bolted, closed as much as people, as they want to make it sound it is, but that's not a conversation that needs to happen right now. Um, yes, the money for the PAC 12 and the Big 12 will be closer than a lot of. Pac-12 fans are going to think it is, but they will still get more money because they're going to have the brands that the Big 12 does not have. And I do think that that stuff matters. I think the reason they've made less money is because they bungled their whole TV deal from the from the get-go, and the new guy's going to come in and go, let's stop this nonsense. We're, we're going to stop spending money we don't need to spend and actually package this to whoever, which will probably be Fox, and just be like, let's just buy the Pac-12 and own it and be done. Um, that's the Big 12. It, it's the... The competition level is going to be good. It is going to be one of it is going to be the most fun conference, top to bottom, of any conference in college football because it is going to be absolute parity. We are looking at a conference where teams will rise to the top, but it's not the SEC where it's Bama. Oh, it's Georgia one year. Okay, well now it's Bama again. Or the ACC, it's Clemson every year or Ohio State and oh, we got one Penn State and it's back to Ohio State every year. Like we see some parity in the Pac-12, but it's a little bit. The Big 12 will have parity. Now, again, I do think you will have teams rise to the top, but we're talking about four or five teams that rise to the top and start winning over. Like, it would not shock me if I've, I would put $100 down right now as a bet that the Big 12, once all this shakes out, if it holds for 20 years, will have more different conference champions in the Big 12 alone than the other power conferences will combine.
0: Whoa, okay. I I actually for 20 years. So you're going to have think about this way because I, okay. So parity will happen, but I
1: really are, think, yes. So, so I think four. you could have in that 16 conference at least six teams. And I know that's like, well, that's the I'm, I if I if they hit six, guess what? If I bet on, I, I break even, right? I, I would I take do that think there would be,
0: I would take that, I would 100% take that bet because. First off, I I don't think they're going to last, and
1: this is all going to last for twenty years. Like it's all okay. Get get that crap out of here. No, no, no. College football is always going to exist. No, no, no. I'm saying no.
0: Get the crap. And and again, I, I, we kind of touched on this the last time I was on your show, and my pessimism of where K State with the lack of a Pac-12 lifeboat. So maybe I'm overcompensating here, but I think that the, I think there's a much better chance that college sports as a whole completely changes how they do their memberships and all this type of stuff. And it gets back to, okay, a dictated regional setup, especially in football where it's like, okay, versus the big 12, the new big 12 dying and being absorbed into the Pac-12.
1: No, 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 no. You You are, you're halfway there. Yes. College football is going to become a more regional sport again, like it should be. For everybody who is not the 24 to 36 teams who are going to go off and play their own. Take their ball and go play elsewhere, and that's Um, fine. Get the. But that's what I mean. Like, but that's that's and that's okay. Like, I'm I'm almost like ready for that because we're going to be talking about it for the next till 2035 when the ACC's TV contract, is awful but great for ESPN, comes to an end and then all this stuff shifts back again. And that because that is, I mean, there's too many people who are like, this is the writing on the wall. Like, this is where this is going. This is the mindset of it. And it's these, it's the 24 to 36 teams, and that's gonna be it. Like that's that's it, and they're going to go take their ball and go play elsewhere, and that's fine because it's not going to be about. Well, they're not going to win as many games. It doesn't matter. It do, it's it's not what the point is anymore. They don't care. They're going to be the the minor league NFL stuff, and you know what? The argument that people won't watch that they will. They already do. But the rest of college football will become more regional because it will make more sense financially because the money won't be there for all those teams like it is now. And I'm again, I'm okay with that too. I, I'm. That's not. The end of the world to me, I would rather not have a conference that goes all the way from Provo, Utah to Orlando, Florida. That's insane, but that's what we're going to be in now. So we're going to roll with it because it's going to be competitive and fun and exciting. But I do think the parody of this conference is going to be fun. I do think from a national standpoint, it's going to be a conference that get talked about a lot because there's going to be so much going on and exciting games. I'm just, West Virginia has been in the Big 12 for a decade. Who is their rival in conference play? They don't have one. And, and that's my, that's the but, only thing about all this. Let me just, is the only thing about all this that's like, that sucks. Yeah, this conference is what it is. Like, I, I hope teams kind of, and fan base is almost like find a buddy, like just buddy up. Find somebody you're like, you know what? Let's, let's do this. Let's just be rivals. Like, we're never going to truly hate each other, but we can have fun with this. Like, if you told me Oklahoma State and Iowa State are like, yeah, that's the new, that's a new rival. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can deal with that. Those games have been closed. It's fun. We ruined Brocktober every year. Ha ha. Uh, if you told me that Cincinnati and West Virginia are like, you know what? We used to play as the East. Okay. We're a new rivalry. Let's just, let's, let's build a stupid trophy and, and really figure out how to make each other hate each other. But like, it stings because that, that part of college football, which is such a fun part of college football. It's, it's, yes, they have quote unquote rivalries in the NFL, blah, 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 blah. College football has true. We hate you. It doesn't, we will never respect you. Yeah, we're all in this together, blah, blah, blah. And not SEC, like, yeah, we hate you, but we're gonna cheer SEC when you win because thank you for carrying us and making us look better. Like Big 12 is one of the last conferences to be that has true, like everybody, nobody, there's no like, yeah, Big 12. Like, no, F you. We want you to lose every game and we don't care. We don't care that it hurts us if you lose every game, know that you lost every game, as opposed to won them outside of conference. I don't wanna see that. That's kind of gone. Like there's some of that, but it's, it's going to be gone now.
0: So, well, I mean, again, I I think this is where K-State, you know, again, why I desperately wanted to stick together because I still have that with KU. I still have that with Iowa State football. So again, uh, maybe coming from the lens of uh, as a K-State fan, this seems like, oh man, like things hit the jackpot. Again, we we have the long history with Oklahoma. That was our 102nd game ever playing Oklahoma in but you know, we get our asses kicked most of the time, uh outside the you know odd historic upset. And then yeah, we did the whole fun, like we own Texas thing, but again, it was always just Texas, whatever. I I don't care. The and, and we have Missouri and we have Colorado back on the schedule in the non-con. So, again, a, as we came through this, this has kind of been the uh if you told me Oklahoma and Texas are leaving, it's basically the best case realistic scenario in which we got four schools that are going to keep the big 12 as the third best football conference, keeping it as the number one basketball conference. And Hey, I still get to hate KU football or basketball and get my jokes off on their football team. And I still get to hate Iowa state football and troll their fans during basketball season when they think John Higgins is going against them. Like it's the best of all the worlds for me. So I understand from, you know, the Oklahoma state perspective, Texas tech perspective that, Hey, no, this, like there, there was no best case scenario coming out of it. So, uh, I, I do acknowledge that, but I think that's maybe why K State fans, maybe more than almost any other fan base, came through this thing and well, shit, this, this ain't half bad.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I am excited for basketball, man. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, and and, and in the basketball like, in you're Kansas losing. City. Thank you're you. losing. The, and that's the thing. I mean, the, the conversation I had to have internally at our, at the network. Was like this OU and Texas are leaving. And now we're gonna launch a network for the Big 12 two weeks later. And we don't even know if this conference is gonna exist. And now the conference is here. We're adding new teams. You're losing OU in Texas, which impact across the board. Like, but men's basketball, like it's not like OU's been like, I know they've had some years and Texas recruits well, but like men's basketball, you're gonna be fine. Um, women's basketball, I mean, Texas is on the rise. OU's been down for a while. Baylor's been the one who's dominated that conference, so I think that's still gonna be fine i don't think it's going to get you know significantly better or worse it hurts softball when you lose oklahoma um and and hopefully texas or oklahoma state can keep rising up and maybe they can challenge for national championship well then texas is going to leave too it kills softball it's bad for softball it's not it's not good for softball um for volleyball with uh, not it's not great for volleyball though you do have baylor sticks around they've been a national contender um Cross country, top two teams have been Iowa State and Oklahoma State. You're fine. Uh, I mean, granted, the money for all this is going to impact everything, but the, from this team standpoint, soccer, your top teams have been TCU, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah, you're you, TCU now, you're going to be fine. Um, what about baseball? TCU still here. Texas Tech still here. Oklahoma State still here. Yeah, losing Texas is great. great. OU's not that big a deal. So baseball should be fine. Um, I mean, really, football softball is hurt um volleyball is hurt football is is hurt it's not knocked out well then also like, the, here's the thing.
0: Is, but here's the thing byu is like insanely good at everything except for like men's basketball right now and women's basketball because their volleyball team is top 25 no their, their, women's their so- men's
1: basketball team is on their eyes mark pope is doing work there their okay, soccer I mean- team is Oh, okay.
0: Well, never mind. I thought their soccer team was better. But again, I think you're picking up some stuff even in the non power or non quote unquote non revenue, your non football men's basketball. I think you're picking stuff up with BYU and then Houston maybe will end up being I don't know. But I I just I don't know. I just when when I look at the idea that the doomsday for those two weeks and then ultimately this is how we came out and I I just couldn't be happier especially from the K-State perspective.
1: I don't think this could have gone any better. And, okay. I, and I say that from both a optimistic standpoint and a realistic standpoint of the situation is what it is. I don't think you could have done this better. Uh, you could tell me, oh, we should have swapped Houston from Memphis. Ah, okay, we should have gotten Boise State. I'm not positive they aren't on the decline. Um, Memphis has some real issues like a stadium off of campus and some other things there. Um like if they add them eventually, I know they talked about it, They're still going to expand and, and miss me on the Pac-12 teams. are going to leave the Pac-12 stuff. Like I'll believe it. I will believe that the day that they are officially announced as big 12 members, the teams from another power conference are going to join us that the whole time. Like just miss me on all that stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't have time for that conversation. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense unless the TV numbers actually show the big 12 is going to make more than the Pac-12 and I'll believe that when it happens. And the only way that happens is if, is if USC and Oregon are like, we're gonna take our ball and go play it by ourselves and go we'll be independent. That's about it. So I think you did the best you can. And I, I think mean that both positively and just as a matter of fact. And I and I'm 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 cool with it. Like Provo Utah is beautiful. I would love to go to Provo Utah. I cannot
0: um, wait to smuggle uh whiskey into their stadium.
1: I wanna to go to the bounds house. Like I know UCF is basically gonna be the new Texas fan base of like yeah, okay, all right, whatever.
0: Um, oh, I actually like, think that's going to be BYU. I think the BYU fan base is actually going to be worse than UCF's. I, I
1: think you I think you should go look at UCF's fan base on social media. No, no, no. I, I, mean, I, I, I see plenty it of this, but here's
0: the thing. Like, their football team right now, eh, eh, they're fine. And they're going to be, eh, okay, next year. BYU, all of a sudden, they're doing this top 10 stuff. There was the whole uh, BYU uh, newspaper. I don't know what it was, but they had this big article talking about how you know what, BYU did the Big 12 a favor. They needed us more than we needed them. And I think they're bringing that sort of energy. UCF is like, yes, we're coming in and, you know, it's finally our time to shine. BYU is bringing the energy of, oh, they needed us more than we needed them, which of course is stupid. Just look what happened to them during a pandemic schedule. Look at, look at their schedule last year. So, uh, But, but this will be something fun to revisit, you know, five, 10 years from now, assuming everything's the same. Which of those two fan bases kind of became the most annoying to deal with?
1: Uh, we're going to be wrong. It's going to end up being a (laughs) Houston.
0: You you might be right. You might be right. So here's my question because uh, ironically enough, and I think this kind of speaks to how good you are uh, hosting your own show. You've hit on quite a bit of the stuff I kind of have had written out, but I do want to ask this. If, If you were anointed the big 12 czar, you have a big old furry hat, you know, you get to call all the shots. You don't have to answer to any of the presents or anything. Yes. What would you have done? When it came to, you you get the buy-in from the eight schools. They say, all right, you know, Big Ten doesn't want us. Pac-12 doesn't want us for now. SEC doesn't want us, yada, yada, yada. Us eight decide we're going to stick together. Philip, Czar Slavin, what do we do? What would you have done? Would you have gone to just 10? Would you have gone to 12? Would you have gone to 14? Would you have done, these four teams, would, would you have changed anything out? So just kind of tell me, because you said, hey, realistically, this is the best we would have done. Is this exactly what you would have done if you had carte blanche? to do whatever you wanted in rebuilding the big 12 in your own image
1: so first let me cheat and say um, if i have been the czar of all this we never would have been here in the first place because we would have poached the pac 12 as well, garbage as they are um but you, you were just sh- we had a, a, a peacetime ar- general <laughs> during wartime who didn't realize that the armies were lighting up outside the gates
0: oh um, um, you were at big 12 media days right yes i was how ironic like how like how stupid does and again, like Bulls, even, if, if even Cheryl crow down, saw
1: that situation just went damn, yeah. Um,
0: and, and here's the thing if everything went as sneaky as it did, like you kind of give them a bit of a pass, but man, it's your job, it's your only job to know what's going on inside your conference. And he, he got no
1: pantsed way. by OU Texas and uh Greg Sankey, like three people came by, pantsed him, smacked him around, and then ran. Like, no, i he's doing a fine job now blah 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 whatever um so let's fast forward and say i didn't get i got the role because all of this yes. is happening i mean like personally if you want me to be selfish like i would have brought in memphis instead of houston because i'm two hours from memphis and would love to go to games there you know every once in a while because it's the shortest drive for me the Big 12 um but i mean realistically you brought in the four best teams you could and we don't have all the metrics i say the other problem is you're making we, we all felt these are the four right teams and we were right that that kind of that kind of tells you what you need to know if we're, we're pretty smart as college football fans we when we when we set aside our our biases and are very honest with ourselves and that's really what i try to do very hard if he's not just be like the big 12 is like yeah the big 12 is awesome it's underrated is it better than the sec no but whatever i don't care like I, that, that doesn't I, that doesn't impact my life in any way shape or form and the playoff is just overly whatever these are the four right teams to add it makes the most sense it this doesn't make sense geographically. yes okay yeah because again true. here's the thing um you have still had to find the right balance to sell when you go back to market right um how do you get enough value to get the max amount of dollars per school? It's always been about what is the Mm -hmm. most per school you get too many schools. You're going to oversaturate and you've got too many mouths to feed too few schools. You don't bring in enough money. 12 seem right. These four made sense. And them talking about like, well, we may not be done. The only reason you're going to not be done is if Fox or ESPN goes, add these two, we'll give you that much more per school. And you go done deal. And I like but I don't like. that doesn't make any sense with Boise, and I, I think by the time we get to TV negotiations, I don't. Uh, they are are quite a ways away from the Chris Peterson era. Yes. Um, Memphis. I, I mean, it's, it's fun. I like them. FedEx is cool. It's a big company. I like. I don't. I don't think that they. They're not going to be a bad foot like a garbage football team again. But, okay. Like, you brought in four schools that make the most sense. Um, you also brought in schools where BYU is not a stepping stone school. That's a school that keeps their coaches, and Kalani Sataki is doing a, a bang-up job there. And he's not just going to, like, like – maybe he bolts after a while, but maybe not. But where? I um, mean,
0: I agree well, I mean, with Their I
1: last agree. head coach is at Virginia. Who would have thought they? somebody would make that transition? Um, yeah,
0: that, that that is true. Luke Which... Fickle
1: is – Matt Campbell at the G five level. He's a guy who's gonna if he gets a one of his dream jobs, great. But until then, he's perfectly happy being the king of his town, winning football games and making money. Like I'm winning a lot more than Matt Campbell it's overly does. Overly success, it's oh well at a different level of competition. Too. What are you talking That's about? No, point. no. Matt Campbell sucks. All right, all right. All right this is a K State so You can say whatever you want. I'll I'll play the middle. Hey, man. I,
0: I I actually think our podcast helps take the hate level to another level. Um I I like again I I don't want to like give myself too much credit, you know. I'm I'm actually not that uh you know self-confident of the guy, but I think our podcast actually 100% over the last 4 years has helped increase the hate level in Parma
1: Hey, build that rivalry up. Um UCF I mean they have kind of become a uh, it it makes sense. Your fan base is huge. You're in a nice recruiting area florida why not and then houston i mean i feel like there's a little bit of politics play like you're gonna have to add if it's boise state houston or memphis you are almost got to explain why you added one of those two other than houston to like people in texas who are going to complain and gripe and just like you know what, just add them like it, it's not okay they've been good you can win in houston like okay i i saw the like uh some san diego state fans got into it with me on twitter and i was just like what do you guys do it's like well we did it did it did it i'm like no that makes zero flipping so well boys because it was a conversation like them or boys to said i'm like I, no like why, why god's greener for they add san diego state like I'm sorry, I don't want to be Conference USA and be so spread out and weird that nobody actually knows what the heck's going on. No, thank you. I don't need Big 12 after dark, although that would be very entertaining. I think you're um, going to
0: get some of it with BYU. I think they're going to have like some 8 p.m. Central time kickoffs.
1: You might.
0: I think I think you will, because I think there's some value of being able to have kick time starting off at 11 a.m. and going to 8 or 9.
1: Yeah, the problem becomes if BYU is, is, becomes one of your best teams in your conference you're it's eight o'clock kickoff is central time is fine ish I had to watch the OSU Boise State game I didn't love being up that late BYU
0: like even as is they're still playing and again their quality of game will get better once they're in the big 12 but they've already won the
1: Pac-12 South this year no I know but but
0: they're already playing those games late at night so I I mean I, I I think that there I think that there would be value Uh, with the TV partner stretching it out. But I I do want to ask this because this is something you and I are on the same page on once we're in the 12 team, because I had some questions in here about, are we actually going to play a season of 14 teams? Because the big 12 continues to say, Oh, we're going to wait, make OU and Texas state the entire time. I don't think that'll ultimately happen. I think once they're gone, we're going to bring in the four. So I'm going to skip those questions, but I'm going to ask you this because you and I seem to be on the same page in This is something where I I feel good because I feel like I line up with the quote unquote uh, big 12 intellectuals on this, where we don't want divisions. There's a lot of folks who K-State fans and some other random folks out there. They're like, Oh yeah, I can't wait to get back to divisions. I think that's stupid. Um, I'm not convinced. I I think, I think Bowlesby and I think some of the eighties have just said stuff like, okay, just kind of off cuff. I don't actually think that decision has been made yet. So I'm going to ask two questions. The first one is back to you being czar. You have these 12 teams. How do you formulate football scheduling and basketball scheduling? Because here's the thing. Divisions don't mean shit for anything except for how you develop your schedule. And especially now where there's only so much history left. There's only so much you have to protect. I don't think divisions hold any sort of purpose. We're on the same page. So put your czar hat back on, the big old furry hat. Look like you're about to storm the Capitol and all that type of stuff. What do you do with scheduling?
1: So first things first, even the ACC and its monstrous fourteen teams has had had conversation about putting the two best teams in the title game, right? Let me let me back up again. When the Big Twelve announced they were bringing back the championship game, the everyone poking at the Big ah, you're going to add this game because the thirteen data point, ah, you guys are going to screw yourselves because everyone looked at the possible scenario that you get a team in there who's eleven and one and a nine and three team knocks them off, you don't get the playoff and boo-hoo, ha Big 12, you're so stupid, right? It's never happened. Now, it has, it could have, it could, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, the playoff is going to, so so. think forward now. The Big 12 is going to, or the the, the playoff is going to expand. As a number of conference champion ranked teams are going to get in there, right? Or if it's the six highest ranked conference champions, whatever, you're going to get a team in no matter what. So it behooves you then, if you're going to go about, if it does go with highest ranked conference champions to get in, it behooves you to put in your two best teams, not two division winners. Or you're going to set yourself up for your two best teams are in the same division. But sorry, we're all, we got to do, uh, we got to put in seven and five Kansas State, sorry, uh, against uh, 11 and one TCU, I'm trying not to be biased. And, and,
0: in case State wins them we're in the
1: playoffs, suck it. And well, you don't even get a good seat because you know Whatever. it wasn't I wasn't out of, the, the, point, the point, is, point is, point is the best thing in the Big 12's interest is to make sure it's two best teams are in the championship game. Well, if you're gonna do that, then it doesn't the, the only thing the divisions is for is scheduling, and that doesn't matter either. Pods doesn't work as well with 12 teams. It works with 14, it works with 16, it works very well with 16. You know, you pods work for 14. Uh, no, it doesn't. Sorry. Uh, pods work for 16 teams. It makes sense because you have too many teams yeah. to try and 12. I don't think you need pods and I don't think you need divisions. I think the goal is to ensure that every player who every four year player has an opportunity to play at every other school at least once in their collegiate career. I would want, if I went to a school, I want to play at every other school on the road at least one time. Now, in a 12-team conference, it's pretty easy to do. But divisions are so dumb. Like, I would rather have everybody, every school, here's what I want you to do. Take a piece of paper, write down the three teams in the conference you want to play every single year. Don't care it is; just put those three in, put write them down, send them in. And we're going to try and do our best job to make sure everybody gets the three teams they want. And then we build the rest of the schedules out the rest of the way. That's what I would do. Like, it's 2021. (laughs) You can plot out schedules, know who's going to play who 10 years in advance. It does, it does, it's this idea like well, we have to have, that's garbage. That's complete crap. You can preset 10 years ago ahead. Like, here's who you're going to play and where, and we'll set the dates for those things when we get to them. I would rather have three rivalry games or four rivalry games, not division games, rivalry games, and then play everybody else. So if you're Kansas State, you can say, okay, well, I want to make sure we play. I would
0: choose the I other. Want to make biggie. sure we play
1: Kansas. I want to play Iowa State and Oklahoma State. And if we're doing this, if we're doing four of them, um, give me a game in the state of Texas because I want to be able to go down in Texas and recruit. Cool. If you're Iowa State, I want Cincinnati. I want uh, the other three Big Twelve schools, or maybe I don't. Maybe I want Kansas State, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and I don't know who else. And, you know, like. Let everybody play the games against the teams they want to play the most. I would rather have like three or four rivalry games that you play annually, home and home. And then everybody and then just fill out the rest of the schedule. Like I said, well, that's complicated. You can plan this stuff so far. We're scheduling non-conference games for 2038. You can figure this stuff out. But I would I would like be creative with it because it it offers you an opportunity. Be flexible with this stuff too, because look. This stuff scheduled so far in advance deny us the opportunities for really cool matchups. Be flexible. Find ways to be flexible that allow you to make sure that you put games, because you're going to sell this stuff on TV. Hey, guess what? Our two best teams, I don't know. Just be creative. Like, be at the forefront. You're the big 12. You want to stay relevant and people to talk about you all the time when you're not going to make the playoff until it expands. Get crazy and creative. I realize that's a hard pressed thing to ask for, in modern day, anything sports-related because it's run by old fogies who've been around since the 40s and still just think those kids should... Be creative, and I believe you will be rewarded for doing so. Sounds like you're uh,
0: really championing the idea to expand to 24 and having two conferences and having pro row.
1: Shut up, Scott. I don't want that nonsense. Huh? Hey, that's creative. That'll get yeah, San Diego State in there. We're not... We're just stop get right. you right. Philip signs off no no no, no. so I, I I
0: really would be interested to see exactly how the schools would kind of choose okay hey these are what we want our three protected rivalry games right that would be fun right there because could you imagine oh it came out that you know you know Texas Tech put in there oh they wanted uh KU and then they wanted whoever like they perceived as like oh being less teams on kids. There. <laughs> everyone puts KU on there and then all of a sudden you know, I, it, it just gets run out. And honestly, I, 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 think that's what I would want it as well, but I would only want it if uh, I had it my way. And again, that would be kind of getting to play the Oklahoma this state. Is, I was This is I, why
1: I pushed a four because like three, but here, if you're doing four, tricky, if, you're,
0: if you're doing four, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So oh. you have your four games every year. Are you going to play nine or eight total nine.
1: conference games? Nine. So, so then, this is where it gets tricky. Um, whenever somebody asks like, how many games should you play? I say this, um, what does, what does Fox or ESPN want you to do? What is more valuable? Is it, if you have four non-conference games, that's, that's more content. That's extra games because everyone's going to go out and play a game in non-conference, right? So that's an extra game. I think that's like, what is it? Six extra games. Mm -hmm. Is that more valuable? And if you do that, what do those games have to be? Like to me, you kind of are going to do nine because the idea is that we have the quality here and you have 12 teams and now you have a few more bold teams because you're not playing round robins. So there's not guaranteed losses for everybody this way. But playing eight has really been good. The other problem you have to deal with is, is how many non-conference games is the SEC going to play now? Three? Is this alliance thing real? Because they're not going to have that many non-conference games. You're also going to run into a limit of non-conference supply by you playing four non-conference games and you going only get one against a quote-unquote power team and you're playing three against sunbelt mac and conference usa that's that's i don't I do, that's not going to help your tv number so my whole point with a lot of the decision making process as to how many games you're going to play in conference is determined entirely by who what makes us more money if like it's still an arms race we still have to worry about the bottom dollar our entire athletic department budget is about to take a giant hit, which hurts other teams that we, we sponsor. What makes us the most money? Is it nine conference games? Then that's what we'll do.
0: Definitely. All right. Last question, and then I'm going to let you talk about yourself a little bit. Um, and we, we, we talked a little bit of it up front. you know, All the advanced numbers, advanced statistics, people who try to take bias out of things mm-hmm. would say that the Big 12 at worst is the fourth best football conference. Most of them are saying, hey, you're the third best conference. I can't find much out there at all that with the new, the new conference would be either be the fourth or the third. Some of them have third by a large margin. No one is saying they will not continue to be the number one men's basketball conference. And ultimately, I think they're still going to be one of the top women's basketball conferences as well. But again, we'll just conference focus on those first two. Why do you think it is that there are so many journalists, pundits, commentators, folks who cover college football and basketball that have tried to relegate the big 12 to kind of being the bridge between, you know, mid major and power conference or group of five in power when the numbers are there. Is it truly just them being lazy and looking at the quote unquote uh, brands? Or do you think there is maybe something more at play there? Because I, I'm not going to lie during a large part of this, I had my tinfoil hat on. I was being conspiracy theory guy I have come off it a little bit, but not completely. Um, I guess part of it is I just don't want to think so little of these people who I listen to, read, all this type of stuff. I think ultimately it's easier to believe that these people aren't dumb and that there's a conspiracy theory. Maybe conspiracy theory is the wrong word, but there's other stuff at play. Ultimately, why do you think it went down the way it did and continues? Because to this day, you know, Stuart Mendel, he will still – tweet out the stupid shit, you know? And even though everything, even, even he kind of comes off it, he still keeps his pin tweet only talking about some very skewed TV members. Uh, you know, even on TV, you have, what's his, who is the Houston quarterback uh, that everyone loved? He's now with ESPN. He's on there straight up saying, Oh, I don't know if moving to the big 12 is the right move. Uh, You have people by, Yeah. He played for, he was the quarterback for Houston when they were good yeah. back in the eighties.
1: Oh, back in the 80s. Uh, I think Houston shouldn't join the Big 12.
0: Yeah, should not be joining the new Big 12. And people have said the same, like, Tony Kornheiser, all, all these people. Yes, yeah, some of them are oh. old idiots saying BYU shouldn't okay. be joining. I, I get it. But ultimately, let's kind of bring, bring it back to, like, some of the respected voices in college football. Why do you think – even hell, the freaking, like, not even establishment guys, the, the solid verbal folks. You know, I love Ty and Dan, but mm-hmm. they're even, you know, saying the same stuff about, oh – you know they were doing the whole. Why would you leave the American for this? They really were trying to push that. And again, those those aren't even establishment guys. So does it ultimately come down to, hey, these folks that people like to read and listen to turned out to just be idiots, or is there something else at play?
1: So this this might take a minute. Let me let me let me scatter plot this as much as we hate scatter plots. Oh, I right?
0: love I I love scatter plots and I love Parker. Although Stephen yeah. Godfrey hates them.
1: For his freaking wild! Um, Parker's Parker's moving up in the world, man. He's he's better Dude, than all of us now. Parker's gonna take over the world, like. So let's uh, plot this. Which is just, just think of it this way: um, you got your board, and you've got all. Let's call it your suspect list. So just notepads all over the place. Number one, we have a bias. You have a bias. I have a bias. Big Twelve fans have a bias, and we had to sit forever unless people basically say that our teams that were left over were dog shit, um, and they're not. They're not dog shit. Um, and, and so we are ravishly looking for any reason they may be saying this. So first thing you have to do is take your personal bias out of this. Um, let me, let me, let me play a little, a little game with you that I like to do. Um, let's say that the big 12 was not getting rated by the sec, but that, uh, the sec was stealing Clemson and Florida state from the ACC. How would we be talking about the ACC right now? Would you disagree if this narrative would be being pinned to the ACC with North Carolina and Duke and Wake Forest and all of those teams after they lose Clemson and Forest State? Because I have a feeling if most Big 12 fans were honest with ourselves, we'd be like, yeah, they're all crap, they're garbage, they're not any good, they don't make the playoffs, it's just stupid, nobody watches us, blah, 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 it's just a basketball conference. And I think we would. And I think we'd all hop on, we'd all hop on that really hard and agree with that narrative. Okay. Yeah. But I also think we'd be wrong in that place as well, just like I think we'd be wrong when people are dog shitting all over the Big Twelve.
0: But here's the okay. thing, though the, the the numbers disagree with that. Though, if you I if know. you look at the competitive number, that that's kind of where I get up and well, they
1: they have the problem with the ACC. The entire Big Twelve is committed to football. There are teams in the ACC who are not um, philosophically aligned with your Clemson's and Florida States. That's the bigger issue. Most of the most of the schools of the Big Twelve have similar ideologies. Um, The ACC doesn't as much as they want you to think they do, just like the Big Ten mostly does. uh, The Pac-12 does not. But again,
0: that that, kind of gets to the whole point of, okay, they try to anoint these other conferences and relegate.
1: Here's here's the problem. Um, There's two different conversations. There's college football as a whole, and there's the national narrative, which has been determined and set by ESPN because they own the playoff. The playoff drives so much narrative that so many things are viewed through the playoff lens, okay? Blue chips matter. The, the blue chip ratio that that, um, that Elliot pushes, it's a legitimate thing. You do not win the national championship if you do not have a specific number of, of five-star, four-star athletes. You're not gonna win the national championship. It doesn't guarantee that you are going to. It doesn't guarantee that you're any good A&M. Okay. Texas for the last decade, it doesn't guarantee that people get all like, well, we win with, that's great. You're not winning a national championship. Just accept that reality and move on. Iowa state fans get into their, their panties about five-star culture or five-star talent. Like great. You're going to win football games. You haven't like, but you're not going to win a national championship. Even if you got there, don't give me the like luck stuff. It's not going to happen. Not in college football. Now, maybe back in 2010, maybe back in 2000, maybe back in the day, nowadays it's too much it's too refined um it just is so understand that too much of the narrative is driven through that tiny hole that tiny hole of the college football playoff that is four teams four teams each year and everything that we view for an entire 130 team sport is through the lens a four-team event it's what drives it all so that's your biggest problem the big 12 no longer has a play a team in the conference that you say that team can make the playoff like we're having this conversation about cincinnati right now folks they have a win over notre dame and we don't even know if notre dame's gonna end the season as a good win indiana's already not one hell byu at this point already has a better argument than cincinnati because they've (laughs) got basically owned the pac-12 south but we don't view the pac 12 with any respect like this is great guess what? Indiana might go five and seven. And now that's the playoff committee's argument for keeping Cincinnati out is because, well, yeah, they beat Indiana and they tried to play a good team, but they they don't even make a bowl game. So they have one good win. And that's it. Oh, also the AAC is bad this year. So we can't just see here, like Cincinnati is a good football team. It's a lot of fun. Playoff, 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 playoff. So that's the first problem, right? Big 12 does not recruit at the level the SEC does. Let's just accept it and move on. Okay. They just, they don't. Even to the Big Ten level, we don't. The only teams who recruit the top 15 in the country on a consistent basis are Oklahoma and Texas. TCU gets close in the 20s. Everybody else is in 30s, 40s, 50s. So the talent disparity is always going to be an issue. Yes, the Big 12 sends players to the NFL. Yes, the Big 12 beats teams like that. Because, and I've been wanting to have this podcast episode for so long. I'm going to try to do it this summer. And I want to get the people who talk about this stuff all the time. I want to try and figure out what is the exact formula is amount of percentage of how much is coaching, how much is talent, how much is development, how much is conference, how much are all these different things to determine what can win a national championship, right? You have to have all the ingredients. All of the ingredients have to be included. Not just good coaching. Like, Hey, guess what? You want to know why Nick Saban is the best? It's not just because they win. It's not just because he's a great coach. It's also because they recruit their asses off guys. It's all of the things Stop getting butt hurt when someone says you're not as good because you don't have one of those. You have these three items. You don't have the fourth one, okay? I'm, at this point, I'm going on a rant about a whole lot of things that irritate me, okay? So all of that, you have the entire sport of 130 teams viewed through a 14 team lens. The other problem is, um, guys, the the media isn't, it, it, It's it's not like everyone's perfect, okay? We are all flawed human beings in the eyes of the Lord. Guess what? Groupthink is a real thing in everything. Groupthink, not mob mentality, but groupthink is real. And when a lot of national people are getting their information from the same sources and from each other, narratives get built. Narratives get built. And people drive those narratives. Do I buy some of the conspiracy about ESPN basically trying to, to, to screw with all this? And as much as we make ESPN the villain and they are, so it's Fox. They're just much quieter about it. Well, and Fox, Fox wasn't
0: it. the one trying to deal the death blood west this time
1: no fox Not just yet. failed no 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 no. your problem is that fox failed to do so fox can get oklahoma to big 10 the sec and espn got them like they were gonna go somewhere they were gonna either go to the big 10 or the sec if they're going to the sec so espn's the villain fox gets to sit back and be like wait we didn't do anything oh no. <laughs> it's getting hot in here um so like all of these can combine and then there's the reality of guys tv ratings do matter to some extent and it's it's too hard to use TV. tv ratings are a terrible metric and they got too caught up in the conversation because everybody's smart tells you the same thing they're too hard to figure out it's why the four teams that are coming in aren't aren't they are bigger brands they also provide other things as well like the big 12 is going to be fine but you're like I, I think there's a certain part of where you just kind of like accept like None of these teams are going to do what Oklahoma and Texas does. Texas, here's the difference. Let I me mean, let's put it this way. Texas has sucked for a decade. They get ranked the preseason every year. They still drive good TV numbers. They still get talked about all the time. It doesn't matter if they suck. Sometimes we talk about them more because they suck. If Kansas State sucked for the next four years, that's they're not getting that attention, that 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 treatment. If Oklahoma State sucks for the next decade, they're not getting that treatment. If any other team not named Oklahoma in the Big 12 were to suck for a decade the way Texas has on the field, they would not get the same level of attention. And that's the metric through which you have to view as far as brand goes. And there's not another brand in the Big 12 That gets the attention OU in Texas does. It's not, you can say that it's not fair, that it should be this way. That's great. If you want to have a conversation about how things are in reality, I'm happy to have that. If you want to tell me about what's not fair, that's fine. Go find a friend and do that. I don't have time for that. I have two kids, two and under a podcast network to run in a full time job. I'm I'm good. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And again, nothing you said's wrong. This, This is where I get to it. And again, We'll wrap it up and you can talk. We, I won't let you talk about your kids, or your actual job. I'll let you talk about the network as we <laughs> sign off. Here, here's what continues to be my beef because it isn't then it, it's not them saying, Hey, you guys don't have the brand," Cause that's never been my issue. I've always agreed. The brands aren't there. It's how they then continue to say, Hey, you're not even a power conference. And yet the money will not be there. But again, if you're going to completely ignore what happens on the field? Just I, I just prefer them to say that instead of trying to hide behind other stuff. So I guess that is where my beef continues to be in. Because you're right, the TV ratings will go down. The money will probably either stay the same while everyone else is going up. It, yeah, yeah I,
1: it's going down. It's it is. I, I still don't it, think it's, it's gonna going be to
0: be as much as you think. But that's fine. It, it,
1: no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's getting cut in half. But if you oh. say, but if it's it, it, it will be more than twenty five percent.
0: We'll see. I, you, you might be right. I'm not going to, I, I think something might be coming up, but that's you're fine. Also, Regardless. You're
1: also in a, in a, in a poor position for arguing when you're literally going after ESPN and there's only two options. Ob- no, I know. Two, anyways, it, you're, it,
0: you're, yeah. you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but I, I, I think everything would just go a little bit better at least from my perspective, if folks just said, Hey, look, without a doubt, you're going to be just as good on the field as the Pac-12 ACC, you're not going to have the TV ratings. You're not going to have the money. And they just said that. The, the issue is, is they continue to pump the false narrative as, oh, the product on the field is what's going to suffer. So that's where I get frustrated.
1: It Honestly, what if you want me to be what it was, it was a complete lack of sympathy or fake sympathy. Man, this sucks. Let me tell you why all the other eight schools are just royally screwed. Okay, because you're all screwed. You're all terrible garbage human being schools and you're all screwed. Oh, but man, this sucks. You know, oh, the days of college football, like, it was, it was, it was a lack of sympathy or fake sympathy and almost to some extent, because, and here's the other issue. Dude. You know it. I know it. I looked at my show numbers. I bet if I looked at your show numbers, you'd say the same thing. Realignment drives so much freaking business in college football. It drives so many numbers. It drives everything. Like it's. I was torn for so long between like this is great for this net for the show and the network. It also could suck so much because I don't like being in the middle of it. Um, at the end of the day, they got to do numbers, all of them, and what narrative, to some extent, is going to drive those numbers. There's a reason Tim Tebow got talked about by everybody every day, 20, 200 times a day for like five years because people didn't, that's what people wanted to hear and what they listened to. And be like, well, I'm so sick and tired of listening to it. And don't listen. Like th- I mean it to this point. Like I still haven't fully gone back to the athletic podcast the way I used to listen to it. I'll listen to it every once in a while. Still, so now it's, it's split zone and um, uh, solid verbal and cover two and cover three. Those are my national ones. I'll stick to the most um, because those were the ones who didn't seem to take as much glee as Stuart Mandel did and enjoying the fact that the Big Twelve was going to be a flaming pile of garbage, like he wanted to make it sound. Now he tries to rebuttal, like, um, no, I see, I still like it. it's like, no, you can write all the positive things about the Big Twelve you wants do. I, I'm good, I'm good, man. I, I know your true colors, like we're good.
0: No, I, I agree with you, and again. This, I think the way this podcast episode went just kind of proves that I need to have you on over here a little bit more often than we have. Uh, I'll be getting your information, recurring guest koozie, but now I just want you to talk about your network and uh, your show also, because like I said, it's literally the only uh, Big 12, not, not the only one, but the number one Big 12 centric podcast I listen to. It's appointment listening for me, all every single show you guys put out, but also talk about the entire network as well.
1: Appreciate that, man. Um, the 1012 podcast, T-E-N, the number 12 the word podcast. We've been doing this for about three years now. Um, we post twice a week, um, Mondays uh, with Jamie Steyer Johnson. I got to remember to add the Johnson now. And uh, and Andy Mitts, who my co-host, we recap the weekend that was, look ahead the weekend that will be. Um, and then on Thursdays during football season, we have our picks episodes with Daniel Alexander and Chris Ross. Um, and then when basketball season hits monday's stay pretty consistent monday's the show that stays pretty consistent thursday gets all wibbly wobbly tiny whiny whatever it happens to be uh during the non-football sports because i don't try and make picks for basketball because that just seems ridiculous um how you gonna pick a, a total or a point spread in a basketball game are you kidding I think me? basketball is oh. ugh, hate insane well, i just like i don't i, I wouldn't be able to understand it yeah um I'm look as I say we are the podcast that covers all 10 teams of big 12 conference no we're still gonna be the 10-12 I'm not gonna call us the 12-12 or whatever the nonsense somebody's tried to make that joke at me I'm like okay cool thanks all right um I love the big 12 like I'm an Oklahoma State fan in my heart but I'm a big 12 fan I love this whole conference I'm I'm jacked to have new teams joining to talk about. We talk about them on episodes now. We've been trying to introduce um, guests occasionally, and we'll continue to do over the fall just to kind of introduce these teams and these programs, these athletic departments to, to listeners. And then, like I said, we launched the network two weeks after it was announced the, or the the news broke that OU and Texas was leaving the SEC. Yes, it was a very stressful time for, for yours, truly. Um, right now we have six shows. We have my show, 10 a Podcast, which is our quote-unquote flagship show. Um, I've the goal is to add a show for every school, one show per school, and to fill out the whole network and create a, I mean, a community. That's that's the idea. I, I hate how much of a buzzword that really is but because it's a little, it's like, we're going to make a community. You can't force a community. It has to happen somewhat organically. Um, we're going to force organic. The idea is to add a show for each school. Right now we have a show for Texas um, called uh, Fire the Cannon. And if you ask me why we have a Texas show, it's because we were going to onboard them before the schools were leaving. and. Um, I love the ladies who run that show. They do an amazing job at Fire the Cannon. Uh, I have a TCU show called uh, Funky Frog with Melissa Trefwasser and Colin Post, which is really good. We have our West Virginia show, Raspy Voice Kids, which is, yeah, just go listen. Like
0: no, I, no, no shade to the other ones. It's my favorite in your network, like outside of the flagship. It is the best school-specific show.
1: Uh, I, as I say, I... I didn't even think they were available and then we got them and I was very excited about it. Um, They do an amazing job. And if you don't care about West Virginia, then the first like 15 minutes of the episode is always like a pop culture thing segment. And it's great. Um, We have our Kansas show, which is rock talk podcast with uh, Andy Mitz who co-hosts with me on Mondays. Um, He has his own Kansas show and does a really good job. And then we have a basketball show for men's and women's basketball. It's called Midwest madness. Uh, Christine Butterfield is the host of it. Um, We will, I've said, we'll look at sports specific shows. If we've, Find something that makes sense. Um, basketball made the most sense kicking things off. Plus, we were able to get Christine, who was a huge get for, as far as I'm concerned, a huge get for us to be able to have to run that show. She does a great job. She started doing um, team previews. She's had some fantastic guests to kick things up. I mean, we've had, let's see, uh, Baylor's women's coach, uh, Kansas State's women's coach. Uh, you've had Porter Moser. Um, oh, she's had another really good guest. And I can't remember who it had. But, I mean, she's getting the men's and women's basketball coaches on the show.
0: To come and she's and talk so about talented the program.
1: as well. Oh, incredible, incredible. And she does thun- work covering the Oklahoma City Thunder when she's not doing stuff for us, which is, which is great. So um, we're going to keep adding shows. We're working on it. I have, uh, without giving it away, I have one in the tank, but we're not going to talk about it for a while. Um, we have some more that we are working on because um, it's tough. It's tough either finding established shows that aren't connected to other networks already, um, and starting shows from scratch is difficult. It takes time and you've got to find the right people to do it. So the goal is still show for every school. We will not wait till 2023 to add shows for the four new schools. I will onboard them within the next year as well. There's no reason to wait. It's like I said, saying we're basically engaged. We're just family. We just haven't walked down the, the the aisle yet to to seal this thing with a kiss, so um, might as well just bring him on and invite him to the family dinners and everything else. There's no reason not to. So um, you can find every single show from us everywhere shows or podcasts are available. Everything's on iTunes. Uh, I think we all host on Anchor. Uh, if you're if you're looking for that, you can find it on Google. Um, and if you're just looking for a home for all of them, you can go to the lgg.com uh, Land Grant Gauntlet, which Chris runs. Uh, we've got a, a page there that has. Uh, Got links to every single show. You can check it out. Follow us on Twitter at ten twelve network. T E N the number twelve. The word network. We publish every show. We promote them. You can find links to everything you need. um We also are on Instagram at ten twelve pod. I do like really good at it for like two weeks and then miss two weeks and I'm on for a week and then I'm off for a week and then I'm good. Man, I got to hire a graphics person. I can't do all this. Can't. I don't have time. I ain't got time to make stuff on every lunch break. I got a two year old to pick up from quote unquote school two days a week. So.
0: Well, that's perfect. I appreciate it. All the boneheads, make sure you are listening to the ten twelve podcast. And also, hey, when you're playing these opponents, listen to their team shows and then uh, cyber bully them. I'm kidding. Keep keep it keep it nice. Only cyber bully Iowa State fans. So that's all we have. Again, Phil, thank you so much for coming on for this bye week. Hope everyone is listening. And you know what? I hope uh, I hope we can have some more conversations about the Big Twelve like i said uh when when i can basically i honestly didn't even need an outline of questions we hit everything i wanted to organically and i think that's a testament to how great you are at this uh Boneheads, we are going live again tonight if you're listening to this on release night wednesday at 7 p.m god god's God's time zone on spotify green room they're our sponsor it is great you need to get your own green room stuff going because it is a lot of fun interaction with all sorts of fans so be sure to get over there and uh it's a bye week who knows what we're going to talk about and that's all we have if uh grant was here he'd say meet me at the cathead. i would say hey love everyone except for iowa state fans we're starting it a week early corn sucks wheat is the best and uh yeah we'll, we'll be talking to you guys on spy 5 gram tonight
1: Podcast Network.